When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, believers and non-believers, for the fourth season of Stories with Sapphire, I'll be releasing episodes every other week. But in the weeks in between, I'll be releasing an animated video story on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sapphire sandalo. So make sure you subscribe there as well. Now, before we begin, a word from some fellow spooky podcasters I think you'll enjoy. We all enjoy a little mystery. And on the new podcast, One Strange Thing, that's just what you'll get. Every other week, One Strange Thing presents forgotten stories from America's news archives. They all have something in common, a single element that can't quite be explained. These are bizarre events that unfolded in our country's local newspapers, but never made it much further than that. I'm Laura Norton. Join me on One Strange Thing, and you'll hear about a class ring that disappeared on one continent and reappeared on another, and the ominous whistling that terrorized a young bride in Louisiana, and the chemical warfare once waged on a sleepy town in Illinois, and the mysterious hum that's rattling Anchorage, Alaska. And then there's the house in Atlanta that once dripped human blood, And that's just the start. No matter the place or the people, One Strange Thing brings you stories that are very real and just a little otherworldly. Join us on September 8th to hear the first episode of One Strange Thing. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Hello, hello, ghouls, ghosts, goblins, and everything in between. Welcome to Across the Veil with host Emma and Zelda. We're two amateur cryptozoologists on a mission to explore the things that lie beyond. Beyond what? Uh, I I don't know. The the veil? It it just sounds poetic and mysterious. True. (laughs) Learn about cryptids, folklore, monsters, and things that are just kind of haunted. Anything that seems a little otherworldly and strange. Just like us. (laughs) New episodes out every Thursday on all of your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at across.the.veil and Twitter at acrosstheveil1. We hope you join us next time. Across the Veil. Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. You're listening to Stories with Sapphire. I am Sapphire Sandalo. Now get cozy and open your mind because it's story time. In July of 2020, 
my grandpa passed away from COVID. The Tuesday after his death, I, along with some of my cousins, went to my grandma's house. I was gathering photos for his funeral slideshow. I had albums all spread out on the living room carpet as I captured the best ones with my phone. Behind me was my grandpa's stereo system. He loved music. Jazz standards, Filipino ballads, ABBA. Whenever we visited, that stereo system was always alive with sound. He had a CD changer, which I remember being a huge deal as a kid. It was a player that could hold up to five CDs, so you could have an endless stream of music. And as I was taking photos, I heard a noise behind me. I turned around to try and find the source. It sounded like the CD changer was rotating to a new CD. But the CD changer was off. The entire stereo system was off. I asked my cousins if they heard it too, and one of them said, Oh yeah, it did that this morning, too. Later that night, long after I'd left my grandma's house, my uncle called me to tell me that when he was in the kitchen, he also heard the CD changer rotate in the other room. This wasn't something my grandma had noticed happening regularly. For some reason, on that Tuesday, when family was coming in and out of that house, it made that sound multiple times. We wonder if it was Grandpa attempting to put on some of his favorite songs for us to listen to together. In today's episode, I speak with two people who have both had very significant experiences involving unexplainable sounds. Could these simply have been malfunctioning equipment or something much more? Chapter 1. Don't act like you're asleep. I know you're awake. Okay. Hello? Hello, Sapphire? Hi! Hey! This is Lancer Howard, a writer, screenwriter, and producer who reached out to me on social media after listening to my podcast. Lancer has had a lifetime of paranormal encounters. You know, I think it's one of those things where some people are just in tune. It's almost like a frequency that you have the ability to tune into. And for whatever reason, it's followed me my whole life. One thing Lancer had always been able to do is enter a location and sense if something grievous had happened there. We'll, we'll be in a place that, you know, could be a restaurant or a bar, and I'll just ask someone because I'll feel this heaviness, and I'll just say, did something happen here? I, that spot over there, and oftentimes people would just, like, turn white as a ghost, and they would you know, tell me some type of a story or how someone died there or how a certain situation happened in the place that I was at. It's kind of a gift or a curse, however you want to look at it. This ability to see what others couldn't had actually started even earlier when Lancer was an infant. But my mother didn't tell me till later in life this kind of scary story. She said, as a child, as an infant, you were very different because every night you would just scream at the top of your lungs in your crib and you would be staring at something. And we didn't know if you had some kind of a disability or whatever, but it would happen like on the hour every night to the point where my mom would just stay up at night 
until this episode would happen. And then I would calm down and she'd go to bed. And she said it was, it was kind of frightening because the look on your face, it was like someone was standing over you or looking at you or trying to engage you. It was not like you were just crying with your eyes closed. You were staring at something. Lancer's mother never shared that story with him until much later in life. Because at the time, although they found it perplexing, they didn't consider it paranormal. And that skepticism remained present as Lancer grew older and his sensitivity was completely disregarded. You know, my parents didn't believe me and they really thought that there was something wrong with me because I couldn't sleep at night and I'd have, you know, these dreams and nightmares of where I'd wake up. And my sister was the only supportive person and it wasn't until she kind of experienced what I had been telling my parents about for years that she was a believer. My sister and I, you know, like a lot of probably curious teenagers, we got a Ouija board and we used it a couple times and, you know, had some difficult to explain experiences. But then one time we did it, we got my grandfather who had passed away a couple years earlier. This was Lancer's paternal grandfather who he had never met before. Afterwards, after our session, every night, like literally every night, I would hear, you know, in my bedroom when I go to sleep, I'd hear walking on the carpet and it would stop over my bed. Hearing footsteps and feeling like you're being watched are actually common signs of carbon monoxide poisoning. There was a famous case from 1921 where a whole family thought their home was haunted. But once the faulty furnace was fixed, the activity stopped. But these sounds were only affecting Lancer, no one else in the house. But we had a small dog. And, you know, I believe that animals can sense these things. And and my sister and I would test her reaction. The dog, for some reason, would not want to sleep in my room and and to the point where, you know, I would sleep with my door closed, but the dog would scratch the paint off the door in wanting to get out. And you know how dogs kind of move quickly and turn when they see things? And the dog would do that when I would hear this walking and we'd put it in my sister's room and she'd drop her head and go right to sleep and relax. But in my room, she would never relax. And every night, She couldn't sleep with me because she was terrified to be in my room for whatever reason. (laughs) Yeah, it was really unsettling. And that's kind of the beginning of me not being able to sleep. And then I would have, well, maybe not every night, but frequently I would have dreams about my grandfather. And it would be really vivid things like him talking to me. And this was a man that I never met. After months of footsteps and vivid dreams and only having his sister to console him, Lancer was finally able to convince his parents that what was happening to him was something that was calling their attention. You know, I played Little League Baseball, so we came home from one of my games one night, and I'll never forget this. It was kind of dark, and we all walked in the house, and we heard music coming from upstairs. And and my mom said, hey, you know, Lancer, Nikki, you left your radio on, go shut it off, and You know, just recklessly, I ran up the stairs and I ran to my room and it was dark. And I remember I froze because the music wasn't coming from my room. It was coming from my grandfather's den and his old radio had turned on and was playing this old 
like 20s music. And I remember the beam of light from, you know, this old leather cased radio that was the only thing. It was like, it was like a laser that lit up the whole room. And I just froze. And my sister and I, because she came up later too, and she just screamed and grabbed me. And we ran down the stairs and we tried to explain it to my mom and dad. And my dad, he just laughed. He goes, that's ridiculous. There's no way that radio of his doesn't even have batteries in it, which it didn't. To randomly hear music might be the result of musical ear syndrome, usually experienced by those with hearing loss. As your ears bring in less auditory signals to your brain, your brain begins to fill in the blanks, so to speak, with music. But Lancer wasn't experiencing hearing loss, nor was his sister, nor anyone else in the family. The sound wasn't coming from nowhere. It was coming from the radio. I mean, my father didn't tell me this till later because he was a non-believer, but he literally took it down to an electronic supply store that works on old radios, and he showed the guy the radio, and the guy laughed, and he said, there's no way this could possibly turn on, and if it did, it couldn't play music. You would just hear static, but at that point, my parents were kind of like, okay, maybe, maybe Lancer isn't crazy. You know, I believe it has something to do with electricity and energy. And I know this from my ability to sense spirits. There's almost like a frequency and the analogy I I like to use, it's like when you turn on a radio or there's a lot of sound, you feel a pressure in the room that you can almost cut with a knife. And energy can only be translated like that through something that was a vessel to actually make the sound so so i believe that somehow his energy was so strong in that room that it somehow turned on that radio and it was his favorite radio and i guess you know again it, it's funny non-believer people when things happen they'll never tell you really what the backstory is in this case, for me, it was the radio and, and my father and his relationship to that radio. And then he told me years later, not at the time, that it was the only thing that my dad and him had in common is they had a love for music and they would listen to that radio as a child. He said, that was one of the few good memories I had with my father was listening to music and jazz. That made me know for sure that you know the dreams, the radio, the connection, it's him. It seems like a sweet gesture for Lancer's grandfather to remind his dad of the happy memories they shared together in an otherwise tumultuous relationship. To me, that feels like it had to have been his grandfather. But I had to wonder if that was the only spirit he and his sister communicated with the night they used the Ouija board. I understand that sometimes spirits mimic those of loved ones. And so that is the question. If it really was him or was it another more sinister spirit? Because later, then the terror began. I mean, already it was unsettling, you know, every night having to hear the walking. And that's a a great question, Sapphire. I mean, it it could have been, and, and to this day, I don't know. 
So all these things were happening and, you know, I was very uh, scared by the walking and not being able to sleep and everybody thinking I'm crazy. So my sister and I decided, okay, we're going to try to contact my grandfather and ask him if he would go away because he's scaring me. And we actually did do that and connected with him. What was really bizarre was... You know, and this is where I think we made a mistake. My sister and I kept going and we had the kind of the ignorance that, okay, it's almost like turning a channel. Okay, that story's over, so let's start again. And oh man, that's where things got (laughs) pretty crazy. So we did it again and we got, I remember the guy's name, it was a, a spirit by the name of Sam, which, you know, that nondescript, whatever. And it just had a really, really bad feeling. And my sister and I both, we would never try to fool the other person, especially doing something as serious as a Ouija board. And she literally just started screaming and like ran out of the room and just, I, you know, I ran after her. I said, Nikki, Nikki, what's wrong? What, you know, what the hell happened here? In the room we were doing it, my father had a deer's head. She said, I swear to God, the eyes were lit up red and I said what are you talking about you know and and she was completely shaken up and then the next day I remember we were you know just doing our thing and my mother I heard my mother just scream and my dad ran upstairs we ran up there like what the hell's going on here actually in their master bedroom in their closet there's that you know that heavy kind of it's almost like a ceiling tile that's like 20 or 30 pounds that you can lift up to go into the attic and the piece was lifted up and moved on its side it was like sitting sitting up and it would take quite a lot of weight and strength to lift this thing up so everybody's sort of confused here and then a couple days later I'm sleeping but you're in that state where you think you're awake but you're asleep and you know so the reality to me was i was awake and i i vividly i you know and i've had this is what makes it unique is i've had this very dream three times later at different points in my life and basically what happens is i hear like a whispering like it starts as a whispering like you know someone trying to talk to me and i can't make it out I can hear the voice. It's almost like it comes into uh, tune and it's an old woman saying, I know you're awake. Don't act like you're asleep. And she keeps repeating that. And then there's like a blood curdling, cackling, like laughing. I'm like, what the hell? And because it's one of those things, like, especially when you're a kid, when you're afraid, especially if you feel like something's in the room, you, at least I did. I acted like I was asleep because I thought it would go away. I know you're awake. Don't act like you're asleep. I, w- I, I know I was awake. I, I mean, it's one of those things where I've debated this with many different people. And the next time I had that dream, it was probably about, gosh, it was early adulthood. So I, it went from, at, at the age it happened, I was probably about 12, 13. And then the next time I had the very same dream was in my early 20s. And then I had the dream again, which was kind of interesting. It was right before my father died, which was about four years ago. And the last time it happened, it felt like the bed was like shaking. 
So what woke me up from my sleep was the shaking of the bed. And then it was like, I know you're awake. Don't act like you're asleep. I know you're awake. And then the laughter. And uh, it's just, uh, it's, as you can tell, it's tormented me to this day because I, I, I know it, it happened. Auditory hallucinations are common in people with schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or disassociative disorder. Even extreme stress can cause them as well. It's possible that Sam's voice was a result of Lancer's lack of sleep or the grieving of his father. But that doesn't seem to explain the glowing red eyes of the deer head or the attic being opened or the bed shaking him awake. It feels like there's something else going on here. I asked Lancer if he's tried to communicate with Sam since. No, I and I would be terrified to, to be honest with you, I have so much reverence and respect for the Ouija board and the possibility of something bad happening. I don't even want to mess with, especially given what I had to go through as a kid. I don't, I don't ever want to go back to that place because, you know, a lot of people don't understand how terrible it is when you have like some type of a presence in your house and you literally, it just wrecks shop on your life. And, and I don't want to even mess around with welcoming in him or anyone else. From disembodied footsteps to mysterious music to menacing whispers, Lancer has had a variety of paranormal auditory ordeals. But sometimes it's the lack of sound that can be just as distressing. This is what inspired his book, the screaming silence. It's a dark book of poetry, and, and really I'm hoping to kind of help people deal with loss. The poem that the book is titled after was inspired by one of his vivid dreams. At the time, I lived in this old house, and there, there were these high beam ceilings, and yeah, I mean, it was completely hardwood floors, so it creaked and made all these weird noises. And I had this dream. I was hearing this creaking coming from the living room, and it was like this steady, like a rocking chair, creak back and forth, like the weight of something. And I wake up and I walk out, and I remember a person hanging from a noose and just swinging in the moonlight. And uh, it really stuck with me, and that's where I came up with the term uh, swinging from the gallows of silence. Anyone that has lost a loved one, the hardest part is the silence. The silence is almost like screaming at you, especially if it's someone close, because now you're alone. One of my artistic idols, James Picardi, is a painter. He did the foreword and he did my cover art, and he is obsessed with darkness and dark paintings, and but he wants people to confront pain and darkness because it's a great growing opportunity. And, and he kind of inspired me to do the book because at first I'm like, nobody's going to want to read this. This is too heavy. It's too dark. And he's like, no, Lancer, you got to do it, man. That's, you know, that was my reason for doing my exhibits. You know, I need more people on my side. The darkness can be the light. And I said, I love that. It can be. Sometimes the greatest things come from pain. For more information on Lancer's book of poems, 
Visit the link in the show notes or visit storieswithsapphire.com. Chapter 2. The Screaming Silence I can't sleep tonight. Something breathes in my ear. The rage rattles the cage around my heart. Never any peace. Beethoven symphonies crash back and forth. I see bodies hanging from the rafters, laughing at me, telling me to find a better way. But none of this touches a nerve. It's the dead, screaming silence of loss that kills me. This I cannot live with, but dream to live without. Before I became a podcaster and paranormal investigator, I used to be a full-time animator and character designer, and podcasts kept me company while I drew, especially paranormal podcasts. One of my favorites was Jim Harold's Campfire. I would actually be shocked if you hadn't heard of it because it's one of the OGs. In fact, it recently celebrated its 13th anniversary. But if you haven't heard of it, it's a call-in show where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories with Jim every week. The story topics range from ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, and stories that can't be categorized. You're listening to my show right now, so I know that you love non-fictional paranormal stories. Stories involving the serial killer Ted Bundy, or a man who owned a haunted hotel. And also heartwarming stories of deceased loved ones coming back to say hello. Jim Harold's Campfire was a huge inspiration for me. So do me a personal favor and tune in to Jim Harold's Campfire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to Stories with Sapphire. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Chapter 3. It's a Wild World. Hey, so this is Charles Bellin. I am the author of a new graphic novel called Momo, Monsters of the Motherland. I was connected to Charles because of a Filipino Facebook group I'm in. His cousin had posted about his new graphic novel about kids battling folkloric creatures in the Philippines. So of course I had to reach out to him. Like many Filipino Americans, he grew up hearing fantastical stories of Aswang, Duende, the White Lady. But this is the moment that made him a believer in the supernatural. I, I was always skeptical growing up, even though I love these things. I, just, I, I kind of in the back of my head always knew like this, this stuff is not real. It's just, it was just for fun. So uh, after college, one of my best friends growing up had joined the military and he had moved to San Diego. And I remember after college, I had gotten this internship at Warner Brothers Studios. So I was going to move to L.A. And then he was like, oh, great. I want to move to L.A. too. So we were going to move into uh, the same apartment together in L.A. We're going to start this new journey or whatever. And then right before uh, I was about to move, 
I had learned that he had passed away in a motorcycle accident. So, um, so it was kind of, we were all devastated at home, everyone that knew him, all the friends and family. And I remember holding this sort of vigil at my house. So I held it in the basement. I had this projection screen up that was playing a slideshow of pictures of him. And, you know, everyone came over and we're all sharing stories. And we're all crying. And, you know, it was just a very emotional night. And at the end of the night, everyone had left. And I started cleaning up, putting away all the food and shutting off all the lights. And I remember turning off the radio. And then it was just kind of me in the dark. And the only thing that was on was the projection screen. And it was just playing this slideshow of all the pictures we had taken, you know, and, and I just kind of sat there with it in silence and I just started to break down. I was just crying. And then while I was crying, all of a sudden, I hear in the back, the, the radio turns on by itself. You know, I thought I had turned off the radio. I turn around and uh, there's no one there. It's just the radio. And I remember hearing just static in the beginning. You know, this kind of hiss, like shh, that radio, that dead air. And then slowly this, this song starts to play. It's this Cat Stevens song. I'm, the, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, called uh, Wild World. It was just this one section of the song that played, this one lyric that goes, Oh, baby, baby, it's a wild world. And I'll always remember you. And then it started to fade out. It's, uh, the radio static came back in, and then the radio turned off. And then I remember I was kind of like, I was shook. I was like, oh, my God, what just happened, you know? And then you know, after a beat, it kind of hit me like, oh, that's, that's him. That's Mikey, my friend. That's, he's, just, he's just messing with me. So then after that, I just, it kind of changed my, uh, my perspective on it. There are some things that are unexplained. Am I a believer? I, I know that these things happen and I don't have an answer for it. I'm not gonna say they don't. So I actually got tattoos of that, of those lyrics on my arm. Chaz pulled up the sleeves of his sweater and showed me the tattoos of sound waves on his forearms. So on one arm it says, oh baby, it's a wild world. And then on my other arm it says, and I'll always remember you. I got the sound waves tattooed on my arm so I always remember that moment those lyrics rang so true baby it's the wild world because he was kind of an adventurous guy you know he rode motorcycles I mean what more do you need to know and then and I'll always remember you. this is this is one of my best friends growing up so he was an, an unforgettable kind of character uh, in my life so yeah uh, I will always remember There have been countless articles debunking paranormal activity as simply our brain's way of coping with grief, that we create significance out of random occurrences to make us feel less alone. And I personally never understood this aversion to what our brains are naturally compelled to do. If we truly are creating these ghosts in our minds, how is it any different from a surge of adrenaline when we're in danger? That song didn't play when Chaz was surrounded by the presence of loved ones. It played after the memorial, when Chaz was alone, when he needed to be comforted the most. And if it was nothing more than an imagined sound that Chaz's brain simulated as a means of protection, what a beautiful illusion. 
Chaz loves taking the opportunity to share the story behind his tattoos when people ask. Uh, if they have t- if they have time, I'm like I try to explain it like it's actually it's a cool story, and uh, people are always amazed by it. Those types of stories people are always fascinated by because everyone has an opinion on it, whether you believe in it or not. And I would say most people have similar experiences. Uh, you know, I would think most people have similar kind of encounters. With paranormal activity, humans do nothing but share stories. It's how we learn, how we form relationships, and how we keep memories and traditions alive. Yeah, one of the other things I've learned growing up is kind of how history works. Your experiences and the things you learn, you it benefits future generations if you share that. So the passing down of whatever your experiences, uh, your struggles growing up. With whatever, with bullying and racism, or your monster stories, you know, whether it be for fun or for educational purposes, or your, you know, whatever injustices you're trying to combat, passing these things down and sharing these things, they only help future generations, you know. Or and if you don't pass them down, these things can kind of get lost. <laughs> There's this one time I, uh, I was at my parents' house. I visited my parents' house. And、uh, my brother's kids, my niece and nephew, we were all we were, we were playing, and we were kind of cleaning out the garage, cleaning out old stuff. There were these old cassette tapes I used to listen to. Remember cassette tapes? <laughs> you put them in like a boombox, and、uh, you know you'd listen to music that was like before iPods or whatever. We don't even have iPods anymore. So I remember showing it to them, and them being just dumbfounded, like, "What is this?" And they don't even know how to insert the cassette tape into the boombox. You know, so this is how it was like, "Oh."、Shit. This is history happening in real time. Like something that I experience is getting lost, and if I didn't share this, it, it would just be forgotten. And this is why you have to tell your stories. This is why we need to cherish these traditions our grandparents passed to us. We have to pass that now, and in passing that down, you're honoring the generation before you. My grandparents are part of the book. There's a Lola in there who's who's sharing the stories, who's ex- explaining these things. To the kids, Chaz created the graphic novel he wished existed when he was a kid. He hopes that the stories provide comfort for young Filipino Americans. To learn more about Chaz's book, visit the link in the show notes or visit storieswithsapphire.com. The experience I had at my grandma's house after my grandpa had passed. May not have been as distinct as Lancer or Chaz's. Part of me does think it was just an old stereo system glitching. I like to believe that when spirits make themselves known, they do so in a way that will be difficult to debunk. So there's no doubt in your mind that you're receiving a message. So, until then, Grandpa, I'll be listening carefully. Thank you for joining me today. If you like what you heard and would like to support this independently run show, consider becoming a member of my Patreon. Visit patreon.com/storieswithsapphire to see the different tiers and perks, like live watch parties or private tarot readings. And don't forget to subscribe to youtube.com/sapphiresindalo, where I post an animated spooky story every other week. If you'd like to submit a story, send it to storieswithsapphire@gmail.com. Salamat and good night. Stories with Sapphire is created and produced by me, Sapphire Sandalo. Music written by Sapphire Sandalo. 
Special thanks to Lancer Howard and Chaz Bellin. For more information on this episode and my guests, visit storieswithsapphire.com.